In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. No longer Thomas then denied. He saw the feet, the hands, the side. You are my Lord and God, he cried. Alleluia. Either one of two things. Either Jesus is Lord, or Jesus isn't Lord. You make the confession. That's the way it is. Either Jesus is Lord, or Jesus isn't Lord. Over the past month or so, here at Trinity, of course, what a joy it's been to see so many different people either being confirmed or joining our congregation. They've come up to the altar and made that confession, the good confession. Right? Jesus is Lord. And almost all of you have at one point in your life done that very same thing. Most of you at your confirmation. Some of you, if you were baptized later in life, you've confessed Jesus is Lord. In a smaller way, of course, we do it all the time. When we say the creed, we say, you know, I believe Jesus is Lord. Paul wrote this, this to Timothy, which is really interesting. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So there's some particular incident Paul's talking about where Timothy was, there were other people around, and Timothy made the good confession. He said, Jesus is Lord. So it could have been his baptism, could have been his ordination as a pastor, whatever, but he made that confession. Jesus is Lord. Now, I want to start today by asking you to really think about what, what you're saying when you say those words. When you say, and, and I'm not saying those words are important. The Bible says those words are important. I mean, I put on your sermon insert this morning, I put where in our creeds and, our, and in the Bible, this comes up over and over again, this phrase or this, these words, Jesus being Lord. Okay? These are very important words, obviously. There's something about them to say these three words, Jesus is Lord, or, or you can't even just make it two words to say Lord Jesus. Why is that so important? Okay? Well, on the next page of your sermon insert, I, I give you some words. I'm going to read you a few of them from, from a gentleman. His name is uh, Reverend Joel Okamoto. And he, he talks a lot about this. He, I mean, many different places he writes about this confession. Jesus is Lord. And, and here's a few things he says. When one confesses, one declares a commitment, like stepping forward or standing up and being counted. Those who utter this sentence, I confess that Jesus is Lord, they've confessed. They've committed themselves to Jesus. They put themselves under his disposal. It's, it's something like, and I should have spent more time to, I bet you there's even better hymns than this, but there's, it's something like we do in the hymn, like stand up, stand up for Jesus. You know, like, I'm behind him. Or like the hymn, I bind unto myself today the strong name of the Trinity. You know, this idea of standing up and confessing. I believe, okay? Jesus is Lord, to follow him, to, to commit myself to him. In the small catechism, which many of you memorize, we say it this way, to live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. That, of course, we heard it twice because we sang it and then we heard it in the reading. That's what St. John says. These are written 
so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, that by believing you may have life in His name. So He's calling you to make this confession, this good confession. Jesus is Lord. But there are many times that we're a lot more like Thomas is at first. We're unsure. And, sad to say, even worse than that, we're unbelieving. Okay? At first, Thomas, he did not make any kind of good confession. He actually made a bad confession. He stubbornly said, unless I see the marks of the nails and put my hand in his side, I'll never believe. Yikes. He didn't confess Jesus is Lord, did he? He confessed Jesus isn't Lord. But Thomas wasn't the only one. He kind of gets the bad rap. But all of the disciples did this. They all fled away from Jesus. Now, the worst, pr probably the worst, depending on how you look at it, probably the worst is Peter. He flat out denies he even knows Jesus three different times. So all of them made bad confessions. All of them struggled to really believe that Jesus is Lord. And we do too. Now, you may not know what I'm talking about, so I'm going to try to make it real clear. You and I very often have a hard time making this confession that Jesus really is Lord. So I'm going to give you some examples. Some small examples, but they happen repeatedly. Okay, here's one. Every time that you worry is an act of bad confession. You are confessing something wrong. You're confessing, Jesus, I don't think you can really handle this, so I'm going to worry about it a lot because I don't know if you're really Lord or not. Now, is that really any different than Thomas? Right? It's the same unbelief. It's the same bad confession. Here's another one. Every time we get angry, Every time we get angry, it's an act of bad confession. This is like we're saying to Jesus, Jesus, you're not really Lord, because if you were Lord, I'd just let you take care of this. But instead, I don't think you're really Lord. I don't think you're really going to take care of it. So I'm going to get angry. I'm going to get angry for you, and I'm going to get angry at you, and I'm going to act like I'm going to take care of it. But you see, if, if you believe Jesus is Lord, you don't have to get angry. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. And there are thousands of ways we do this. We make a bad confession instead of a good confession. Every week that we skip church when we could go, right? We're saying, Jesus, you're not Lord. Every time we talk bad about other people, what are we saying to Jesus? Jesus, you told me that I should love my neighbor and always speak well of them, but eh, I don't care. I'm going to talk bad about them anyway. Or every time we curse, of course, we're all guilty of this, using God's name in vain, using bad words. What are we saying? We're saying Jesus isn't really Lord. Because God said anyone who holds, anyone who takes his name in vain, he will not hold guiltless. Eh, we don't believe that, right? We don't care about that. Now, what does Jesus do with sinners like us who are always making these bad confessions? What does he do with a sinner like Thomas who says, I'll never believe unless I put my finger into, his, into the marks of his hand? Well, I'll tell you what he does. He is gracious, merciful, and slow to anger. 
and I'm going to show you it. Because we're going to walk through what he does on that Easter night with all of these disciples who have made bad confessions, who have said, Jesus isn't Lord. What does Jesus do? They're scared. They deny Jesus. They're hiding in this upper room. They don't believe he's really Lord, even though he kept saying he'd rise from the dead. Peter has denied him three times when he specifically promised he wouldn't deny him at all. They're just as bad as you and me. We've made bad confessions. We're in that room too. So what does Jesus say? And, you know, trying to prepare you to hear these words. You've got to hear these words. Okay, don't, don't just let them pass by. You've got to hear them. Right now, this morning, Jesus comes in, just like he comes into this room where two or three are gathered, and he says, peace be with you. Don't miss the words. If the three words, Jesus is Lord, are powerful words, these words, peace be with you, from the mouth of Jesus, are even more powerful words of grace and mercy. Just think about how powerful these words are, peace be with you. We might say, but Jesus, I have so often denied you by my words and my actions. Jesus, I've used your name in vain. I've oh, so often gotten angry. I've cursed, I've yelled, I've said hateful words, I've said words under my breath, I've talked bad about other people, I've worried Jesus, I haven't trusted you, I've been so cold to you, I haven't cared about your word, I haven't prayed to you, I haven't cared about church or the sacrament, I've been such a bad person, so often I've made the devil my Lord, rather than confessing you to be the Lord, and Jesus smiles and says, peace be with with you, and you, and you, and you. Peace be with you. Sometimes we, we sinners, we refuse to say those words to others. I mean, just take that as an example of how hard this is to say. How, how much we struggle to say them. No, I don't want that person to have peace. They should, they should have to suffer for what they've done. They should be miserable, right? We refuse to forgive them. We refuse to let it go. Right now, I can think of some people I know personally who are doing this, who refuse to be at peace with others. Some of them, their own family, they refuse to be at peace with. And this is where the really hits home. Right now, I can think myself of some people that I've done a terrible job of being at peace with, that I've held things over. See, none of us is Jesus. None of us is Lord. Only He is Lord, and He is the one who says, peace with you. Why does he say that? Well, look at the next verse. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Because that peace came at a price. Okay? He knew what he was doing. It cost him a painful death on the cross, and he bears the marks of it. So please see that Jesus is bringing peace to you. He is at peace with you. Those marks in his hands and feet are for you. For all the times that we have not confessed that Jesus is Lord, he is at peace with us. Okay? Now, there's more than that even. Jesus wants you to believe and to confess that he is Lord, that he forgives all your sins and gives you peace. So he does something even more. He also gives this gift that he sends men to you to deliver this message. And it's an important part of this reading. That he gives, this is not accidental. 
Jesus sends the disciples and continues to send pastors today to bring that peace from him to you. That's what these verses are about. When he says, as the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. If you ever wonder, which I'm sure you have, because you go to other churches, you don't hear them do that. If you've ever wondered, why does the pastor say, I forgive you all your sins? Well, it's this verse. And there's one in Matthew when Jesus talks to Peter. But this verse is it. Jesus tells them, I'm sending you out to go and forgive, to deliver the forgiveness that I have won. And we call it the office of the keys. He gives the keys to the church to open the door to heaven by forgiveness. Now, you guys have been given this gift as well, to go out and forgive others who sin against you instead of holding those grudges. Okay? It's one of the ways that we can confess Jesus is Lord by forgiving those who sin against us, not getting angry. But then the church also specifically calls and sends men to do this publicly, to forgive sins in the stead of Christ. And that's why I'm here. That's why you called me here. That's my job. That's why Will and Colby, we're going to pray for them today. Why they're being, get, receiving their calls Tuesday night, they're going to be sent out to do this. Because we need pastors. Everybody does, myself included. We need men who come from God with this message. Peace be with you. We need to hear it. Okay, that our sins are forgiven. When you confessed this morning, when you said that you're a sinner and that Jesus is Lord, then I, in the stead of Christ, publicly tell you, peace be with you. You are forgiven. Okay? So this is one more part of all of God's grace. We've got His Word. We've got baptism. We've got the sacrament. We've got the church. And He gives also absolution. He sends pastors to proclaim the peace and forgiveness of Jesus. And we need it. Even we pastors need pastors. We, go to, we all go to other pastors to hear this word of forgiveness. Okay? So through all of this, Jesus is calling you and calling me and calling all his disciples to make this good confession. Thomas was struggling, as you know. He was doubting. He was unbelieving. But here comes the great pastor and shepherd, Jesus, who says, peace be with you. Shows him his hands inside, and Thomas says, My Lord and my God. So now I deliver to you. Peace be with you also. Jesus is written. John said he was there. These are written so that you may believe. So you also make the good confession. Jesus is Lord. Confess with all of your life and in all of your conversation that Jesus is Lord and God. Make the good confession. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.